0: even podcasts, whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
2: I was talking to my friend, uh, a girlfriend of mine, and, uh, you know, about MEA weekend. And I was like, "Hey, girl, uh, we're going to get in the RV and we're going to take a trip. And, you know, we're going to go to Keesler's Campground and let the kids have, you know, just kind of one more fun RV trip before we winterize it. Did, you know, you and your family want to join us. And she was frantic. She was like, oh, my God, girl, I got to go. I got to go. We're going to Howard. And then while we're up that way, we're going to George Washington University. And then we're going go, uh, to go over to Morgan State University. And I was like, wait, what? 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 Why are you so stressed out? Why are you doing all this visiting and going to all these, you know, colleges over M- MEA weekend? And she was like, well, I just I got to get to them. And, and, you know, we've got uh, three days and then we're trying to get back Sunday so we can go to work on Monday. And, and is Andrew going to? Are y'all not visiting any colleges? Um, not going to any universities? Uh, what, what's Andrew doing? I said, Child, Andrew is going to Door to Family College right there at the University of St. Thomas, downtown Minneapolis. Uh, there are smaller classes. Uh, I can afford the tuition, and um, it's a good fit for him. Um, He's getting ready to to graduate. He's a senior this year at Park High School, and he's not sure what he wants to do. And so I said, you know what, you can go to Doherty. They've got two-year degree programs, um, and and you can get that small classroom attention and teachers without me having to spend a bunch of money while you figure this thing called life out, okay? And we're not taking no gap year. You're going to go your butt to college somewhere. So he's going to Doherty Family College, and we're not going to be crisscrossing the country, stressing out, trying to get from one location to another. We're not spending all that money on plane tickets and 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 wasting our two good days off. We're going to go right there to Doherty. Um, and, and, you know, on the flip side of that, uh, I was talking to one of my church members. And, um, you know, I didn't realize the pressure that a lot of parents are under. The social media, man, it is a mess uh, for folks. You know, a girlfriend of mine confided in me that, you know, as she watches, uh, you know, some of our colleagues who have kids who are seniors in high school this year, she wishes she could go to Stanford or, you know, University of Michigan or, you know, Colorado. And everybody wants to go to Colorado because Coach Prime, you know, she wishes she could go to those colleges, but she can't. And she doesn't want her daughter to go back to school after MEA weekend, not having visited any universities. And so, you know, we just kind of did some digging, and it turns out that, you know, where Andrew's going over at Doherty, on Friday during MEA weekend, they're having an an open house. They're giving tours, and and you can talk to um, teachers and, and, you know, current students, and and they're going to provide lunch. And so I was like, why don't you go over here? And then that way, your baby does not have to go back to school and listen to, you know, all their classmates talk about the colleges they visited. Um, And then your daughter has to sit back and listen. She can have that same experience without you having to spend a whole bunch of money. And so I wanted to make sure that I got the right information out to my listeners and the folks who trust and follow me. So I invited the Dean of Doherty Family College, Dr. Buffy Smith to join me. And she is here courtesy of the John Schuster Caldwell of hotline. Dr. Buffy, thank you so much for being on the Shaletta show.
3: Thank you, Miss Shaletta. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to invite uh, high school juniors and seniors and their family and loved ones to Um, truly experience what it's really like to be a scholar at Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas. Um, One thing I I wanted to emphasize, so family is in our college name, of course, and I refer to our scholars as Ohana. And Ohana really means that no one gets left behind. And so that is what we're trying to say, that if there are juniors and seniors out there uh, and their family and their loved ones, and you're feeling like you want to do a, a college tour, I want you to know that you don't have to leave home. You don't have to leave the state to have a great culturally affirming and a rigorous and diverse college experience. You can have that same experience and, and, and more, I would argue uh, at Doherty family college. So we we're inviting the community to come out, be with us uh, this Friday at from 10 AM to 1 PM and get a real true uh college experience and see what it means to be a scholar at DSC.
2: And, you know, I have a lot of teachers um, who are listening, um, a lot of counselors who also listen, and they have those high school juniors and seniors um, who, whose parents can't afford to travel for MEA weekend and, and take them off to, you know, some big giant school. Um, and, but they still want that experience of having visited a college campus um, for MEA weekend. And it's all about being able to come back and talk to your friends about it, um, being a part of that conversation. Um, and, and I want you to talk to me about what Friday, this Friday the 20th, would look like for any um, of the high school juniors and seniors who show up, who come out from 10 to 1 and, and experience Doherty with their family.
3: Well, we'll start off with our admissions presentation. So we'll highlight what makes Doherty Family College special and unique. We'll uh, talk about our cohort model. Uh, That's really important uh, for us. In essence, a cohort is a group of 25 to 30 scholars. They're taking all their classes together. They have that built-in accountability and support. They provide peer uh, mentoring uh, for one another. They have a strong sense of belonging and community or family. Um, But then that cohort uh, of scholars are also, they're assigned a faculty and staff mentor. And this is key because this faculty and staff mentor will uh, make sure they're meeting with every scholar in that cohort at least one time a month to provide intensive mentoring. And then the faculty and staff mentor meets with the entire cohort at least one time a month to make sure those scholars get the support that they need. Now, that's more mentoring at the peer level and the faculty staff level than most scholars receive in their college experience. During the admission process, we will, of course, address the issue of finance. Uh, We are uh, very uh, intentional about making sure that the services that we provide our scholars most of the time, they see them as free, but we make sure it's very affordable. So when a scholar completes that FAFSA or Minnesota Dream Act, um, you will find that based on your what the federal government says your uh, financial uh, income should be or contribution should be based on your your family's household income, most of our scholars are still there. Eligible, so 82% of our scholars uh, receive significant uh, assistance because of their household income. Most of our scholars, you will find, are still paying between a thousand dollars or up to maybe three thousand dollars out of pocket. And last year, Mr. Leather, mm-hmm. last year, 70% of our graduating scholars only pay. Uh, 70% of them were zero paid zero student loan debt. So that means the majority, the vast majority of our scholars are coming away with a rigorous Catholic school education from the University of St. Thomas owning zero student loan debt. You'll get all of that information during our presentation. We'll talk about our paid internship program. That means paid as in between $16 to $22. Most of our scholars are earning about 18 to 20 That's part of our program that we offer We have the same rigorous curriculum, so when you talk about going uh, to Stanford, Michigan State, or Colorado, uh, our rigor is the same rigor as the University of St. Thomas. The only difference is that our scholars also are taught from a culturally sustaining pedagogy. That means we make sure that our our readings, our our assignments, reflect the rich, cultural, diverse background of our scholars. And if I can, I just want to say this. Our scholars reflect the rich community that we're trying to serve. Over 90% of our scholars identify as being Black, Indigenous, or people of color. Over 80% are first-generation college students. So in addition to all of those things you'll hear in the admissions, they'll talk about, yes, the free two meals a day, yes, the free laptops, yes, the free metro pass, yes, the free textbooks. But you'll really be able to listen to current scholars talk about their experience at Doherty Family College. You'll be able to talk to faculty and staff; they're the engine of Doherty Family College. So you'll know who are going to take care of your son and daughter as they attend Doherty Family College. And of course, as you said, we it is about family. And what type of family event would you have without food? So yes. We will provide lunch for every family member and scholar that comes next Friday from 10 to 1 p.m.
2: Okay, and I want to make sure folks know where to go. dfc.stthomas.edu, and that's s-t-t-h-o-m-a-s dot edu. Uh, when you go to the website, it pops up, and it talks about the two-year associate's degree Program that you have there where students can, you know, use that towards uh, their success immediately, or uh, it's a smooth transition for a four year college degree. Dr. Buffy, I, I just can't thank you enough for the options that you are providing for our community at Doherty Family College. I, I tell you, um, I know that my child is going to be on in good hands. He'll be there on Friday. Uh, with Sean so that he can make sure to get all the information that he needs Um, and and a couple of the kids in our community are coming with him so thank you so much for not just um, making this available but making us aware that it is available.
3: Thank you Ms. Shaletta thank you for all you do in the community.
2: All right and you all stick around we've got more to come. Be sure to keep it right here on News Talk 830 WCCO Radio. Steve Thompson is out today, but I just found out my good friend Chris Tubbs will be here. And I can't wait to hear his show. Chris Tubbs is an amazing broadcaster. And a lot of times you all will hear him, you know, behind the scenes, chiming in every now and again because he's on the board. And, you know, he's putting in the guest and making sure to upload the podcast But he is an amazing broadcaster in his own right. So he will be joining us. Uh, Steve Thompson is off today. But Chris Tubbs, a very capable replacement, will be joining you as soon as my show is done. And, you know, I have to tell you, today we are doing something as a family that um, I was just like, you know, uh, my people are done picking yeah we're not going out in the field picking, but somehow in Minnesota, it's just a cool thing to go out into the field and pick mm okay, so I'm gonna just tell you, not such a fan of the apple orchard, and I know um you know it's traditional and and but I need you to see it from my perspective. We got out the fields, and it was never my intention to go back, but my kids are having a great time out at the apple orchard, our church planned to trip there for the kiddos who are in the choir. And so they got to, you know, get on the church bus. And I, you know, of course had to leave early to come do this show. But they are having a blast. They're on the tire swing. They're uh, you know, there's a little playground there. They get a hay ride. And I, I'm 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 glad that I went and saw it because at first um invite going out into the field and picking fruit was not on my bingo car. Can I just say that to you? Uh, I was like, no, and hell no. Uh, you know, we did a lot of fighting in this country to get my people off the field, and I don't ever want to go back. But but apparently it is a fun tradition, and so we, you know I you know, the kids wanted to go. They want to be with their friends from church, and they get to ride the church bus. And so I said, okay, all right, okay, we'll go check it out. And and they are having a fun time. I'm I'm going to be sure to post those pictures on my social media pages um, during the next break so you can check it out. But, you know, and it seemed like, and I don't know, I don't know, but it seemed like um, as soon as um, I uh, turned my um back and came to work they started having more fun i I don't know i don't know if it's just me I, I, i really don't know i don't know but it just seemed like my kids are having more fun without me when did your kids get there because my kids got there um today I noticed that today. It used to be that, um, you know, we would all have fun together. And they were like, Mom, is it time for you to go to work? And I'm like, hey, why are you rushing me? It's not time for me to go to work. I have 20 more minutes. Well, we don't want you to be late. And I was like, I'm not going to be late. I know how long it takes. I, I put it in the GPS. I'm good. I got 21 more minutes. Well, why don't you go early and you can have some tea and you can get there and get settled? We don't want you rushing. And I'm like, you know what's rushing? you rushing me away. Why do you want me gone? What do you got planned? Are you plotting?" to kill me or something what's going on at the apple orchard that you want me to leave and that's when it hit me my kids are having fun without me maybe even more fun like it used to be a time where they would see me and say hey there goes mom hi mom now um they're like hey hey there goes mom i don't know when we got there but i remember the best piece of parenting advice that i ever got was from my friend Jeff Ealing. He is a reporter in Houston at um, Channel 13, KTRK, the home of Marvin Zindler. Um, And he told me, whatever you want to teach your kids, teach it to them before they turn 11. Because once they turn 11, they don't want to hear anything else you have to say. And I thought, now that's not true. But at the time, my kids were all under 8 years old. And his kids were preteen and teenagers. And I remember he'd be trying to tell them something and they didn't want to hear it. And, you know, he'd try to call for them and they'd just keep walking. And I'm like, what is going on? What kind of dad is he? I just, this is crazy. I don't know what's going on. He, he doesn't love his kids and his kids don't love him. Something's happening. The preteen years are the start. It's how it all starts, it's where it begins. When your kids go from being happy to see you to just seeing you, then they see through you. Because I'm telling you, my body, my life, my hormones are not set up for a 17-year-old son. I wasn't ready. I was not prepared. I thought this boy would always love me. He would always want to kiss me on the lip. He would always want to hug. He would always let me rub his head. Now, I can't touch his hair. He doesn't want to be anywhere near my lips. And the hugs are one-handed with a few fingers sprinkled in. There's no more, like, bear hug unless, and I can always tell, mm -hmm, when he wants something. You know, my my mama instinct kicks in because all of a sudden dishes get washed without having to ask about it. Um, Beds are made without me badgering him. Um, You know, he's doing something goofy like cleaning my windows on the car or um taking the trash out without um it overflowing. And that's when I'm like, oh, okay. What do you want? You wanna go Valley Fair? What what is it? You wanna go to the, the Halloween uh little maze, the corn maze over in Cottage Girl? What what's going on? You you wanna go to the pumpkin patch? What what's happening? That's oh you need to now, now he's borrowing money. So so adult almost, you know, he's borrowing money. So so you know, so now now I can kinda tell What's going on? But I I tell you, I tell you, my kids got me out of that apple orchard like nobody's business. And now the pictures. See, the pictures that I took when I was there, I'm kind of smiling. You know, this is a fake smile. Mom's taking a picture. She's probably going to put it on social. list, look happy. You ought to see the difference. I'm going to put up the before and after pictures because the smiles they're showing now is like they won the Minnesota lottery. We'll be right back. COVID happened, we realized who the most important folks in our community were. They started calling them essential workers. Uh, they were critical to the survival of our economy. And these were uh, also called frontline workers. And we started applauding them for the very first time. These were people that a lot of us looked down on. The folks who were working the front counter at the family dollar. Working the register. Nurses, doctors. These were the, the people who, who got our trash. The postal workers. The, these were the people in the nursing homes. We started applauding them. But none of them especially for someone like me who has three small children, none of them were as important as child care providers. The nurses can't get to work if the child care providers don't make sure that their kiddos have somewhere safe to, to stay while they work. Um, the, the, the doctors can't get to where they need to go. The clinicians, the lab techs, during COVID, for me, the most critical workers were those child care providers. And they kept going, risking their own lives to make sure that the children in our community whose parents still had to go to work were cared for and were safe. And and so I, I just marvel at that. I, I marvel at the fact that that these men and women um who had um you know child care centers at their homes uh open their homes up. And and these are solopreneurs. A lot of them work there on their own. And they have a certain number of children. And they didn't let that number go down during COVID. They didn't turn kids away. Critical workers frontline workers, essential workers. We were tipping our hat to them then. But as, you know, things started opening up, we started forgetting how critical these folks were to making sure that our economy was still up and running, to making sure that the folks who had to go to work, who couldn't take off, who couldn't stay in the house, had somewhere for their kiddos to go while these nurses and doctors worked 12, 24, sometimes 48-hour shifts. And so when I found out about an event uh, coming up on October uh, 21st at Park Event Center in Wake Park, Minnesota, that celebrates and helps and nurtures child care providers Oh, honey, I had to. I I, I said, you know what? We're we going to talk about this. So I did some digging and I found out who is in charge of it. And I am so uh, glad to welcome Lisa Thompson, uh, the Ombudsman for Family Care with the University. I'm sorry, with uh, Minnesota, uh, the the state of Minnesota. She is joining us courtesy of the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being here on the Shaletta Show.
4: Hi, Sarah, so thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about family
2: child care with you. Now, you have to tell me, how did this event all come about? Because you are at the Office of Ombudsman for Family Child Care Providers with the state of Minnesota. Um, and, mm-hmm. and this event is coming up um, next week in Wake Park. And it is, a you know, kind of a, 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 a couple of days of, of self-care for child care providers. It's, 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 it's a two-day conference. That's right. That's right. One
4: of the uh, most common things I heard in groups of providers after those long years of isolation with COVID is how much they miss being around other people who share the same work that they do. You know, family child care is already a pretty isolating profession. These are folks who, generally speaking, work in their home and they're alone all day with children and no co-workers to bounce ideas off of you know no one to do the shopping and the you know bring the food they got to do that on their personal time it, it they really what was really missing for folks was that connection with other people you know we caregivers I really, uh, you know, people focused and having that isolation just compounded by COVID really sorely left a void for uh, child care providers. And people were starving to get back in person, see each other in 3D and be able to have those kind of conversations to celebrate the work we do, you know, share the challenges that we face and, um, you know, learn together. Yeah, you can take an online online class and keep your hours up for requirements, but you don't get that that uh, you know, educational or professional development depth that you get in person sharing conversations and discussions with other people.
2: Yeah. And, that's and, what we're looking for. and I am so glad that you all are doing this because you know, who's gonna take care of the caregivers? You know, how do the caregivers take care of themselves? Talk to me about what's going to be happening uh, over these next, uh, over those two days uh, for this event for uh, child care providers.
4: Well, it is uh, the 20th and 21st in the middle of the state because we have over 6,000 child care providers across the state of Minnesota. Um, we have uh, hours, up to 17 hours of professional development training. We have some just outstanding keynote speakers and trainers. Of course, we have you coming to bring, uh, you know, some self-care for the caregivers and uh, share some laughter, encourage people to laugh with each other and uh, share that kind of community and connection but we also have in addition to the training we have great food because these are folks who cook all day long and they're cooking for kids and it's such a treat to finally have someone else cooking and, and cleaning up after you and having a great meal together um, but we're also going to have um, uh, uh, some pampering activities, you know, get some henna designs on your hands and, you know, polish some nails, um, you know, get some get some hairdo refresh. So just really taking care of the caregivers.
2: And I appreciate that because, you know, uh, the, these child care providers, they um, are educating our kids. They're loving them. They, they're making sure they have a safe space. And then, you know, the parents come and we pick our kids up and we say, all right, girl, see you tomorrow. And and they still got their own families. They still got their own kids to take care of and cook for. And, you know, oftentimes we do forget that. And so I'm glad that somebody is pouring into them and giving them an opportunity to know that they are valued and they are appreciated and what they do matters. Absolutely. You know, this. Office The Ombuds Office
4: for Family Child Care Providers was just created last year, and this one of the, the the things that is important to me in this role is bringing that appreciation and recognition for the hard work that these folks are doing helping to raise Minnesota's children with parents and supporting parents in their role. Um, you know, up until now, usually the conferences uh that did happen were you know organized by other family child care providers, so these are the folks who then they're giving appreciation to other uh their their um, uh, other folks who do the same work, but mm-hmm. yes they're adding to their heavy load that they're already doing, so this position. This office has given me the platform to be able to take that burden off of them and still be able to give them that recognition and uh, appreciation that they so deserve as a family child care provider for 25 years. I know what it's like to, you know, know that there's a need and yet there's just it's just us to fill that need.
2: Well, I think that, you know, the one thing that I appreciate is that you have done the work. You know, a lot of times people put these things on and, and they haven't done the work. They haven't been on the on the front line. They haven't been in the trenches. But you've got over two decades of experience doing this work. Uh, when you put this conference together, the Shaping the Future, uh, it's a fully in-person training conference, especially for family child care providers, October 20th and 21st, um, and it is in Wake Park, uh it's it's gonna be an an amazing time for child care providers they're going to be able to connect with other providers address the needs uh for accessibility and high quality professional development you know celebrate the hard work uh, of those providers but also you know g- give them an opportunity to offer input on issues facing this profession because it is a profession it it is you know you are offering that professional development so talk talk to me a little bit about that
4: yeah the you know i think the 20 30 40 years ago even today some people still have the attitude that or the the idea that someone taking care of children in their home is you know sitting back them in front of the TV and eating bonbons all day. And this is a, an industry, a, a work sector of uh, men and women who are devoted to the education of our youngest children. And this is where the majority of their brain development happens. This is where their lifetime of learning, the foundation of that is developed. And when we talk about, oh, a college education costs uh, doesn't cost as much as childcare. well, I think that's where we should be putting that much money in. This is going to affect how they learn in college, making sure that they have the best start. And that doesn't just come out of instinct. You know, caring for children, of course, not everyone has the, the skill set for that, mm-hmm. and so th- instinct, but it's a lot about educating and learning and continuing to learn about how the new research shows uh, how important relationships are uh, to brain development, for example.
2: Now, there are some folks who are listening and they want to get more information. This office that you're in is newly created, and I need as many people who um, have an interest in this who are connected to children in early education and early intervention. Uh, You know, I've got three kids with autism, and the one thing they keep talking about is early intervention is the key. Early intervention Mm -hmm. is the key, and that starts with our child care providers. And and so Mm -hmm. for people hearing about your office for the first time, uh, let us know how we can connect with you, Ms. Lisa.
4: Well, they can call me directly, my uh, Thompson at state mn.us or giving me a call at 612-322-2241 and I connect if people are interested in starting their own child care program I can connect them with all the incredible resources that are available in Minnesota uh, if they're already a license holder for child care. Uh, I can I'll connect them with uh, resources for people currently licensed and help them out with uh, whatever their issues may be.
2: Well, I thank you for helping us out, providing us with this information and then allowing me to be a part of this event. I feel so honored that I'll get a chance uh, to come and spread some laughter and love and light Uh, with these child care providers as they, you know, go through these professional development courses and connect with one another to go back into their homes to just be a blessing to so many children.
4: Well, we're so excited to have you, and I'm really looking forward to sharing some more laughter with you.
2: All right. We will see you soon in in just a, a, a little over a week. So I appreciate you being on the show.
4: Thanks a lot.
2: Bye-bye. All right, and you all stick around. The Halloween candy, they're trying to make it healthy. Really? Come on, let's go. We're going to talk about this next. What you want is Halloween candy. What you don't need is healthy Halloween candy. Listen, I got four kids, and there are two times in the year that I expect them to get sugared up. One is Easter. The other is Halloween. And, you know, I just don't appreciate anybody taking that Fun from the kids. They've got a story in USA Today about the most healthy Halloween candies. What is the healthiest Halloween candy? Halloween is not about healthy. You got November the 1st to be healthy. You got October the 30th to be healthy. Halloween is about getting as much sugar as in your system as you can possibly get. You start out early with the Halloween party at school where you get your treats and your candy and your Snicker bars and whatever you can get from your teacher and you eat that sugar. And then you come home and you eat that sugar again after dinner and then you get dressed up and you go out and you get more sugar. It's a sugar time. It's a sugar high. I think as adults, we need to let these kids have as much fun as possible because I just don't appreciate these stories that have been written um, in national newspapers about what are the healthy Halloween candies. Listen, just go to hy pick up the bags, the bags that you've always picked up, M&M's, Skittles, Sour Patch Kids, gummies, chocolates. Put them in a bowl. When my kids come by, give it to them. OK, I don't want to come to your house and you hand my kids an apple or a banana or orange. And then you look at me and then you want to judge me as a parent because I'm looking for sugar. Yes, I'm looking for sugar. I don't I, I don't want your healthy treats. I don't want your non-sugar substitute snacks for my kids. Don't give me crackers and goldfish. It is Halloween. OK, and also also don't judge me. As a parent, because I am looking for the sugar. But there's, I mean, they're talking about healthy Halloween candies, top nutritional Halloween candies. What you can buy for your kids that has the most nutritional value and the least amount of sugar. I I don't want to hear that. And don't give my kids that nasty dark chocolate with no sugar in it and trick them. And then they get home and they're spitting it up. Guess who has to clean that up? I do. Okay, because it's a trick. Kids don't know the difference between dark chocolate and regular chocolate. If they see chocolate, they think that it's sweet. They think that we can um, eat it and it's going to be sugary. And then when they get it and realize it is not, guess what happens? It comes out. Mm -hmm. And I wind up having to wipe it up, clean it up, mop it up, however it comes out. Don't do that. Don't do that. Listen, just turn your light off. If you're not going to give out the sugar, Turn your light off. Take the bowl off the porch. Go in the house. Close the blinds. Close the blinds, and don't allow any children to come to your house looking for sweet treats and snacks. We know if we pass by a house and the light is off and the blinds are closed, we're not gonna knock on your door, right? No kid is trick or treating. No parent has spent uh twenty, thirty, forty, fifty bucks on Halloween costumes to get their kids all dressed up and go out in this Minnesota cold. To knock on your door to get a banana, and in the in in the stare that comes with the banana, and the semi lecture that comes with the banana, and the judging mm-hmm, that comes with the banana, just don't participate. This is a sugar holiday, okay? We're expected to get lots of sugar, lots of snacks, lots of bad things. It's okay sometimes to have bad things. This is one of those times where you can you know let your guard down and have a little fun and you know what let the parents decide because what we do in my house is we get all the candy and of course we go through it and make sure it's safe right and then we ration it out and we have something we call candy Monday so when the kids get home from school after they do their homework they have their dinner they take their bath before they get on to the next thing, we have Candy Monday. And they get to go into their Halloween buckets for whatever that Sean and I have not eaten. Uh They get to pick what candy they want to eat. And they get one piece of candy until it's all gone. Right? And, and, and I'm going to tell you, we, we're going to buy all the bananas. We're going to buy the broccoli. We're going to buy the carrots. We're going to get the goldfish. We're going to get the crackers. They're not coming to your house for that. They're coming to your house for sweet treats. Go ahead and deliver. I know it's against your better judgment. You and I both know what it's going to do to the teeth. Don't pass out any toothbrushes either. Don't pass out any pencils. We got enough pencils. I'm the parent. I know what kind of toothbrush they need. It's okay. It is okay. Think about it. But don't overthink it. And just get some good candy with some sugar in it for Halloween.